0: Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the thoughts of our hearts be acceptable to you through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. I direct your attention to the gospel reading for this morning, page 8, page 8 in your bulletin. We begin reading there. Make a few comments about the text before we get into the outline. There was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. He feasted joyfully. His heart was glad. And at his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus covered with sores who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. Now, Notice, first of all, the extreme contrast here. The extreme contrast in condition, okay? And and clothing now, clothing in the Bible is very important. It it symbolizes your status, your condition. And, And notice, the rich man is clothed in fine linen. Lazarus is clothed in sores. And notice how desperate you have to be to desire crumbs. Lazarus desires to be fed with what fell from the man's table. He desires crumbs. How poor do you have to be to desire crumbs? That crumbs would look good to you. That's poor. Verse 22. The poor man died Now, we would say the rich man went straight to hell. There is no indication here of purgatory. That's in keeping with Hebrews 9.27. It's appointed for a man to die once and then the judgment. And, And we know this is not purgatory because there is no end to it. There's no way to cross over from Hades to heaven or from heaven to Hades. There's no getting out of this place the man is in, no matter how long he's in it. second point the rich man I think is tormented not only by thirst but I think he's tormented because he can see heaven he can see the difference in condition between himself and Lazarus and I think that's the way we are when we're in a bad place, we tend to notice those who aren't. And when we notice those who are not in a bad place like we are, it's it just sort of like someone's twisting the knife, you know? Mm-hmm. To see the disparity just adds to the torment. And so the rich man makes a request, and I, I call it a request from hell. The the request is this. How about a little balance here? How about some amelioration of the extreme differences that exist between myself and Lazarus? How about a little equity? Fair play. Let's level the playing field just a little, Father Abraham. The answer from heaven is, this is leveling the playing field. This is balance. This is what is fair. Verse 25, But Abraham said, Child, remember that you in your lifetime received your good things, and Lazarus in like manner bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in anguish. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been fixed in order that those who would pass from here to you may may not be able, and none may pass from there to us. So, So notice the reversal that's taken place here. The rich man has become the beggar. And think of how desperate he must be to desire even a drop of water. I mean, how desperate your condition if even a drop Looks good to you. If if even that would be relief, how desperate your condition. And, And this reversal echoes the Magnificat, the Song of Mary in Luke 1. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of low estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. So the point being, God is good to everyone. He shortchanges no one. If there are inequities in this life, God will resolve those inequities in the life to come. The rich man, the rich man has no reason to complain. Neither we nor those in hell have any reason to complain. So, in your sermon outline, page 9, Roman numeral 1, the only significant difference between the rich man and us is that we still have time to repent. We still have time to repent. The rich man not only missed his chance, he missed all his chances. Roman numeral 2, we all need to repent concerning, I think, three things that the parable brings out. Letter A, We need to repent concerning God's favor. God's favor. And who has it? Whom does God favor? Whom among us does God help? Well, the name Lazarus, uh, the Hebrew would be Eleazar. It means God is my help. Oh, really? God is his help? If God is his help, maybe... Maybe Lazarus needs another God. At least that's the way we think. The one whom God helps is clothed not with fine linen, but he's clothed with sores. The one whom God's help is the one who's too weak to fend off mongrel dogs. If this is the one whom God helps, then maybe he does need another God. That's how we think. We judge as the world judges. We see the way the world sees. We assume that God favors the beautiful, the successful, the strong, and we want to be like them, and that is not Scripture. Scripture reveals that the people most often favored by God are not the people we think. God's favor is often hidden. It's hidden beneath things such as poverty or illness Or disability or rejection God's favor is often hidden among the very things we fear and despise and we need to remember that so that daily we can repent of our own self-importance letter B we need to repent concerning God's means of saving us his means of grace Because we seek alternate ways of salvation. We seek our own paths to God, and in doing so, we reject God's path. Verse 27 And he said, Then I beg you, Father, to send him to my Father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Now, that's what I call. Request from hell number two, okay? And it's really an insult to God. Verse 29, but Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Now now get this, this is chutzpah. No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, then they will repent. You see, the rich man thinks, He knows better than God how people should be saved. It's as if he's saying, God, if only you performed some miracle, then my brothers would not have to come here. And if they do come here, it'll be your fault because you didn't perform some such kind of miracle. In fact, if you had done something like that for me, maybe I wouldn't be here today. In a roundabout way, the rich man is blaming God for his condition. So this second request from hell is a rejection of God's way of salvation. God's way of salvation is through his word, Moses and the prophets. The rich man is arguing with Abraham and he's arguing with God. And so I would ask this question, why is hell eternal? You know, people get upset over that well, why should God punish people eternally for temporal mistakes and temporal sins? Well, for the very simple reason that opposition to God is eternal. This man is in hell. He's entered eternity. And what's he doing? He's complaining about God. You read Revelation. This is what people in hell do. They never. There's no repentance in hell. You have to cordon off People who will do nothing but oppose God. Ultimately, God has to cordon them off and separate them from everyone else. That's what hell is. Verse 31 He said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. I think many of us are aware that Jesus performed many miracles. But none of them produce lasting faith in his hearers. Faith comes by what? Hearing the message. Romans 10, 17. God's word alone has the power to create faith. And this is heaven's answer now to hell's complaint that God hasn't done enough to save people. Let her see. We need to repent also concerning God's mercy. This is how we need to repent. We think that His mercy is never-ending. We assume that it will be there tomorrow, and the day after, and the day after that. And basically, Jesus says, stop that. Stop thinking that way. God's mercy is wide and it is deep, but it has limits. Christianity is the religion of God's forgiveness through faith alone in Jesus Christ alone, and it is a religion of many chances, but it is not a religion of infinite chances. Today is a gift that you've been given, and the rich man has not been given today, but you have been given it. His days are over. His chances are gone. My friends, the only significant difference between you and the rich man in our gospel is that you still have time. Time to repent. So, in summary, repent concerning God's favor. Repent by believing that God's favor most often rests upon those whom we and the world would look down upon. We need to remember that so that we might remain humble and repentant. Secondly, repent concerning God's means of salvation. Roman numeral three, the word of God alone is sufficient for our salvation, sufficient to keep us out of hell, sufficient to win us for heaven. God has given all that we need to believe. God has given us not only Moses and the prophets, he's given us the one who is the fulfillment of Moses and the prophets, Jesus Christ. And Christ comes to you in his word proclaimed to you and through his sacraments administered to you. And through these humble means, through these very receivable means, you are personally forgiven. Through these means, you've been reborn, you are a new creation in Christ, you've been sanctified, you've been gifted to serve those around you. So stop longing for God to do something else to save you and others. Because to long for something God has not done is to refuse all that he has done and continues to do for you. Hold on to the written word of the Lord that you are forgiven by God through Jesus Christ. Hold on to the good news of God's love for you in Christ while it is still today. Today, this good news is still Yours. It's no longer the rich man's, but it's yours now. And finally, again, repent concerning God's mercy. His mercy is wide and it is deep, but it does have limits. Today is a gift given to you, not to the rich man. Today is a gift given to you and not to those whose days are past. Today is a day of mercy given to you. What are you doing with it? Are you embracing it? Or are you longing for something else? In Jesus' name, amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.